Morning Lakes, it's great to be with you. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. It really is a joy for me to be part of your Kingdom Come Month and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the last two services. I've tuned in and watched them online and I really want to just celebrate with you and congratulate you on the $50,000 that uh, you raised last year through your promises, um, through your efforts, the Kingdom of God is advancing and uh, God bless you for that. But as we all know, the job is not yet done. The task of reaching the lost is not yet complete. And so as you embark on another Kingdom Come year, I want to stand with you. I want to encourage you as you again commit yourselves individually and collectively to the mission of making Jesus known. You're doing a good thing, a really good thing. And this may come as a surprise to you, but not all churches and not all Christians are doing what you're doing. This commitment that you are making to Jesus and his kingdom uh, really sets you apart. It really does make you stand out as a bright shining light in this dark world of ours. Because the reality is um, plenty of churches and plenty of Christians are shying away from this God-given responsibility to share the good news. In his book, let me read a quote to you, in his book, The Purpose Driven Church, Rick Warren reports on a survey that found that 80%, I'm sorry, 89%, it was still, 89% of Christians believe that the church's purpose is to take care of my needs and the needs of my family. Only 11% of people surveyed said the purpose of the church is to win the world for Jesus Christ. How did this happen? How did 89% of Christians come to think that the church exists to meet their needs and the needs of their family? Well, let me offer you a suggestion. I want to suggest that one of the ways we come to that conclusion is by embracing a version of Christianity that skirts around the hard sayings of Jesus and turns God into some kind of cosmic vending machine who exists to serve mankind and make us happy. A come to Jesus and he'll give you everything you ever wanted kind of Christianity. Well, the problem with that kind of so-called Christianity is that Jesus is not in the business of making us happy. That is not the reason that he came to earth. The reason that Jesus came to earth was to rescue us from the shallowness of a self-centered life in order that we might experience the fullness of a life focused on God and his kingdom. Let me sum it up this way. Jesus did not come to make our life work. He came to involve us in his work. That's a very different way of thinking about life and faith. A way of thinking about life and faith that it seems only 11% of people surveyed seem to understand. So again, let me both encourage you and challenge you as individuals and as a church to keep up the good work of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Keep up the good work of committing yourself to seeing God's kingdom come and his will done in your area and beyond. I really love your kingdom come theme for this year, feet called beautiful. Feet aren't usually thought of as the most beautiful part of the human body, are they? I don't know about your feet, but my feet are not particularly pretty. I've got this deformed little toe on my right foot, and uh, it's anything but beautiful. But the Lord calls these feet of mine beautiful, including that deformed little toe, every time 
I take the good news of Jesus to others. The Lord calls beautiful those feet who follow in his footsteps of reaching the lost. Whether that means taking the gospel to a neighbour on the other side of the fence or to a nation on the other side of the world. As I said earlier, many churches and many Christians have embraced a so-called form of Christianity that is willing to set, settle sorry, for the ugly gospel of caring about self rather than caring about others. The ugly gospel of receiving more blessing rather than being a blessing. The ugly gospel of getting more rather than the beautiful gospel of giving more. In Revelation chapter 3, the church in Laodicea was richly blessed. They were in need of nothing. The church had everything she needed, but she forgot why she had it. And in verses 15 to 17 of Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said this, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Wow, can you imagine Jesus speaking those words to his church, to people who profess to follow him? Jesus said that the church in Laodicea was so blinded by what she had that she didn't even know that she was wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. She forgot why she had what she had. Sadly, this is all too true for many churches and many Christians today. They've forgotten why they have what they have. One of my favourite stories in the Bible is found in the Old Testament book of Second Kings. It's a great story. I wanted to share a part of it with you today. In this story, Israel is at war with the Arameans. And uh, sorry about that bip. Um, the, Israel is at war with the Arameans and the Arameans have them trapped within the walled city of Samaria. And they are being slowly starved to death within that walled city. And into this story come four lepers who sat starving outside the gate of Samaria. Since there was no food to be had within the city, they decided they may as well head to the Aramean camp, to the enemy camp. And so let's pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. The four lepers say to themselves, why should we sit here waiting to die? We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. Little did they know while they were pondering this, while they were hatching this plan, that God had worked a miracle. God had caused the sound of a mighty army to go through the Aramean camp and they'd scattered prior to the four lepers arriving. And in their hasty departure, they left behind all of their wealth, all of their food, all of their possessions. And so 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 8 says, When the four men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing, and they hid it. 
Can you imagine these four lepers? Poor, destitute, starving, and they stumble across bounty beyond their wildest dreams. Food, drink, gold, silver, clothing. All of a sudden, they've gone from paupers to millionaires. All of a sudden, they were no longer starving, dying lepers. They were rich and wealthy beyond imagination. They began putting on fancy clothes. They began burying treasure. Maybe they had so much food, they began having food fights. Who knows? But somewhere in the midst of all this blessing and surplus, their lives completely transformed by what they had, they began to consider why they had it. And in verse 9, the lepers say this. This is a profound insight on their part. This is not right. They say, this is not right. This is a day of good news and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. In that moment, the lepers realized the why of what they had. Have we, have you, have I realized the why of what we've been given? And we've been given so much. Anytime we want, we can jump on the internet and listen to wonderful worship. We can listen to great sermons. You're listening to one right now. We can listen to amazing Bible teaching. We have access to Christian books, either in store or again on the internet. We have access to Christian schools. And even in the midst of our social restrictions right now, we can still encourage one another in our faith. We've been given God's Holy Spirit. We've been given access to the riches of heaven. God has held nothing back from us. We've been blessed beyond our wildest imagination. The question, though, is do we understand the why of what we've been given? Because if we don't understand the why of what we have, we're in danger of becoming spiritually obese, looking for a new truth to taste, a new devotion to digest, a new encounter to experience, while many of our neighbours, our co-workers, have never heard the good news of Jesus. While some have never heard, we continue to feast ourselves. We continue to indulge ourselves on the fair, on the riches, on the bounty of God's table. Like the lepers, we need to come to the realization, this is not right. This is a day of good news and we aren't sharing it with anyone. Come on, let's go and tell people about what we've found. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful were the feet of these four lepers who went back to the city to people who were starving and shared with them the good news of what they had discovered. If we go back uh, to the book of Revelation again, chapter 3, back to that church in Laodicea, in verse 20, Jesus says to this lukewarm, prosperous, self-focused church, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now bear in mind, Jesus is talking to his church here. He's talking to people of faith. He's talking to those who would call themselves Christians and Christ followers. 
He's talking to those who have access to the spiritual riches of his kingdom, but they've forgotten why it is that they have it. Jesus, he says, is standing at the door knocking, wanting to enter their life, wanting to eat a meal with them. Eat what? What is the meal, I wonder, that Jesus is wanting to share with this church in Laodicea? And it's the very same meal that Jesus wants to share with each one of us. Well, I want to suggest a possibility. And I say possibility because I can't say definitively this is the meal. But let me just read to you John chapter 4 verse 34. Jesus says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and do his work. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What if the food Jesus is talking about here in Revelation 3 verse 20 is the food of doing the Father's will, the food of missions? What if this is a kind of food that not many Christians know about? What if we're so busy feeding on the food of a self-focused gospel that we're oblivious to the Saviour knocking on the door of our lives saying, open up. I want to share a meal with you, a meal that will nourish you and satisfy you in ways that nothing else can. A meal of reaching people who are without God and without hope, the meal of missions. Have you ever found yourself feeling and thinking like there's got to be more to the Christian faith than this? Have you ever felt yourself thinking, mm, is this what it's all about? That dissatisfaction, that longing for something more. What if it's this meal that Jesus is offering us? The meal of doing the work and will of God in reaching lost people. The Apostle Paul, it seems, had eaten this meal with Jesus. The Apostle Paul, it seems, had shared this meal of missions with the Lord and knew that nothing else would ever satisfy him again. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul says this, I don't care what happens to me as long as I finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. And that work, he says, is to tell the good news about God's great kindness. Mark 16, a passage that I'm sure many of us are familiar with, in a similar way. Jesus here is meeting with his disciples for the very last time, just prior to him returning to the Father. And he says in verse 15, to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. We refer to Jesus' meal with his disciples just before his betrayal and crucifixion as the Last Supper, the last actual meal that he sat down and ate with his disciples. Not a literal meal. Well, that was a literal meal. But, but what about this verse that he's just said? Verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Could this actually be the last meal that Jesus ate with the disciples? Not an actual meal, but a meal of seeking and saving the lost. A meal whereby he communicates to them and encourages them to commit themselves to doing the work of the Father, finishing the work that he came to do, the work of sharing God's great kindness with others. What if that was a meal? that Jesus had with his disciples, a spiritual meal, a meal that Paul knew about and embraced, a meal that the church in Laodicea was being invited to share in, a meal that you and I 
are being invited to sharing. In verse 19 of Mark 16, having said to the disciples, go into all the world and preach the good news, we're told that when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat down at the place of honour at God's right hand. And the disciples, we're told, went everywhere and preached this good news. And the Lord, we're told, worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. We believe in a miracle-working God, but those miracles so often accompany the word that we share. If you want to see more miracles in this life, then I encourage you to take the step of faith of sharing the good news with others and watch God show up as uh, he gets right behind and right involved in the proclamation of the gospel and the expansion of his kingdom. I'm going to wrap this message up here. And as I do, I want to just ask you for a moment, right where you are, would you just close your eyes? Just be still and just close your eyes for a second. I want you to listen for Jesus. Not for his voice, but for his knock on the door of your life. He's wanting to share a meal with you. A meal that not many Christians know about. The meal of doing the will of the Father and finishing the work that he's given us to do. Sharing the good news of the kingdom with others. Jesus wants to turn our self-focused, bless me gospel into something so much more. He wants us to understand the why of what we have. And like the lepers, he wants us to acknowledge that it's not right for us to have the good news and not tell anybody else what we've found. He wants us to place our feet, our beautiful feet in the footsteps his very footsteps, and follow him on his mission to reach lost people. Can you hear him today knocking? Will you let him in? Will you open the door of your life to him today? And will you accept his invitation to eat a meal with him? A meal that is like nothing else we've tasted before. A meal that will satisfy us like nothing else ever can. He invites us today to share that meal with him. The food is sharing the good news of Jesus with others. I want to encourage you as you embark again on this kingdom come journey. Commit yourselves to give what you can financially. Pray for the partners and opportunities that God will put before you this year but can I encourage you to think personally and commit yourself afresh to sharing the good news with others open your life to Jesus today determine that you want to share this meal with him that you want to commit yourself to doing the work and will of the father finishing the work that Jesus has given us to do and as we do so as we embark on that journey then these feet of ours will be called beautiful as we bear the message of good news and hope to others. Let me pray. Father, we give you thanks for who you are and we thank you for the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Father, we thank you for those who shared it with us. We thank you for their beautiful feet. And Lord, we want to pray and ask that you will continue by your spirit to stir within us 
a dissatisfaction for anything less than the fullness of life that you've offered us. Lord, not a life where we get what we want from you, rather a life where we commit ourselves to join with you in what you're doing. The greatest endeavour going on on the planet, the expansion of your kingdom. And so, Father, today we hear you knocking on the door of our life and we throw it open as best we can. We want to eat this meal with you, Jesus. We want to know the satisfaction and nourishment that comes from doing the work and will of the Father. Lord, I pray for each person watching this video. I pray for lakes, Lord, in this season as they commit themselves afresh to your kingdom. Lord, that you will stir their hearts to pray. Lord, that you will stir their hearts to give. But Lord, I pray that you will stir their hearts to go with the good news of the gospel. Lord, open their eyes to the opportunities all around about them, where along with you, they will engage in the most exciting endeavour they can imagine. Uh, Lord, they will experience the joy of seeing people embrace the good news of Jesus firsthand. Uh, Lord, continue to whet our appetite for that, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. God bless you, Lakes. Thanks again for the joy of sharing with you today. And uh, please know I'm cheering you on and uh, looking forward to celebrating with you the good things that God continues to do in you and through you. God bless you.